First of all, I guess I'm debating you, not him, but that's okay. I'm not surprised. The fact is that everything he's saying so far is simply a lie. But you I just agree. want to make sure. Joe, you're the I'm president. Sure. Can you let him finish, sir? No, he doesn't know how to do that. He has, You'd you know. As far as the ballots are concerned, yeah, it's a disaster. You graduated either the lowest or almost the lowest in your class. Don't ever use the word smart with me. Don't ever use that word. Oh, give me a break. Because you know what? There's nothing smart about you, Joe. Will you Who shut is up, man? Listen, are you in favor of law and order? I'm in favor of law. You follow you in favor of law and order? Go ahead, some of the You asked a question, let him finish. I'm a moderator of this debate. And I would like to ask my question. And you would see problems like you would know a suburb unless you took a wrong turn. I know somebody would not I can't go I hate to raise my voice, but I see it seems to be. Why should I be different than the two of you? September 29th, 2020, the first presidential debate. I predicted it to be a rough debate, but I didn't expect it to be that bad. As I watched the dumpster fire play out on live TV, I looked to my phone to see many youth like me finding the show too much to handle. And like many of my friends, this is our first time voting in a presidential election. From Alaska Teen Media Institute, this... Actually, can we just cut the music? It's making me really anxious. Um, could we maybe do something a little calmer? <sighs> okay. From Alaska Teen Media Institute, this is Zoom Room. A youth-produced podcast where each episode we zoom into a different theme or topic throughout interviews and conversations relevant to us. The youth of Alaska. I'm APNE senior producer, Daisy Carter. Once the ashes settled, I decided to reach out to a bunch of youth for a roundtable discussion to talk about the stresses of being a first-time voter in a divided country with a pandemic. I was joined by APNE producers Riley Taylor, Ormond Lois, Cornelius Nelson, Quinn White, Ryan Danigold, and Tuan Graziano from YouthVote, who did have to leave early. We spoke on October 10th, 2020. If we could just go around the circle, I guess. Um, whoever wants to go first, um, if they can say their name their, and their age. I'm Riley, Riley Taylor, and I'm 18. Um, I'm Quinn White, and I'm 20. I'm Chris Nelson, and I'm 21. My name is Tuan, and I'm 23. My name is Ryan, and I'm 20. My name is Armand Lois, and I'm 17. And I'm your host, Daisy Carter. Going to be 20 in a month. So um, just to kind of kick things off, how motivated is everyone out to go vote this year? I, I am extremely motivated. I feel like I have to, I have a responsibility to kind of put in my opinions into things, I guess. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'll personally be doing the mail from home ballot, but yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward to it. I think there's more pressure to vote in this election than ever, personally. I know that I am also voting by mail because I'm living out of state and that makes me really nervous. But um, yeah, I think that this is a really, really important election. My enthusiasm hasn't diminished. Uh, and I've been telling a lot of people to vote, you know, getting the word out and getting the vote out. So it kind of feels it's definitely an obligation to put the money where my mouth is if I'm going to be telling so many people to vote. Um, and then the biggest thing is not only I think like nationally is this the biggest election, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, but statewide as well in local elections. I think the upcoming legislative session for 
for Alaska is really going to determine Alaska's future in a really large way. Yeah, I think this election is going to be important. But personally, I'm, uh, I personally think all elections are equally as important. I know this is kind of a little bit up there, but you know, it's. I think everyone just gets nervous about something, and doesn't help that both both sides are just like vote for me or everything you know will come crumbling. Just like mm, okay, that that helps people, I'm sure. I'm pretty motivated. This is my first presidential election, so I'm super excited. Um, the first time I went to go vote was for um, was for the primaries, and the lady was super excited that I was voting. So like we were just like both excited at the polling place. Like it was super dorky, but it was just really sweet, and I'm so excited to vote again. I know that people's votes matter. I know this. I've looked at my decisions compared to other people's decisions, and I think I've determined that my specific vote would not matter as much. It's like your input in a decision made by 30 people compared to a decision made by 30 million people. Seems like the more people, the less impact. And in this case, I just think if I voted, I don't know what good my decision specifically could do, even if it were to join the decisions of hundreds of thousands of people that I am certain are much more competent and knowledgeable in this than someone like me. I wanted to say um, regarding, you know, your feelings about voting, um, because I understand them. I understand them very well. I used to be that way a little bit as well and knew a lot of people were. I think still it's really critically important that everybody votes. I think sometimes, you know, there's that, of course, that feeling like you described that, you know, especially if your voice or your vote is much different from the main two parties or the typical, you know, left and right side of the spectrum, moderate, whatever the case. But if you feel like you're isolated in your your opinions and voting, I think it's extremely important uh, because voting is not just also simply the act of casting the ballot and, and having it counted. Voting encompasses educating yourself educating others on views, on differences. Um, and it all adds to this huge, huge conversation that goes on. And I think that when people engage in voting, even if you know they know their outcome is, it doesn't support one of the parties that are expected to win or whatever the case, I think it's, you're adding your voice and your, and your opinion to the conversation. Uh, I think you are stating that you are here, that you are a, a part of an, uh, a country that you t you're taking part in, that you're, you know, you're exercising your ability to speak out. Um, and something I've realized as, as I've been working with youthhood and young people is that a lot of that kind of, uh, that, that kind of feeling also comes from I care and, and consideration to younger people. Uh, and I think that kind of, it, it requires young people to be empowered um, and, and sometimes that doesn't happen. And, and I think that leads to this, you know, this kind of feeling that voting isn't some, or my vote doesn't count as much, or, you know, young people's votes don't count as much. And I think every single vote counts, the, not just simply that the act of it, but the, the different parts and aspects that encompass voting are so important. Um, being able to uh, educate yourself and educate others or share your opinions, you know, that's a part of who you are that having conversations and civility between people. Um, because I think at the end of the day, if I was, if we were all just voting and then not having discussions or conversations and all the other things that, that surround it, um, of course, I, I would say that you're right in feeling that your one vote may really not matter and it's difficult you to want to vote. But 
I think since since voting encompasses so much other so many other aspects and uh, and parts of having those conversations, I think it's still I would just encourage you to still try to vote um, or at least still try to be involved in, in the voting process in some way, um, because I think it's you know it's a multifaceted part of of being engaged. What has been the biggest stressor about this election? I know the biggest stressor of this election for me is um, having to send in my mail-in ballot because um, our current president has cast a lot of fear within um, like like trusting like mail-in voting. And, you know, I know that mail-in voting is safe and I know that um, it's a really effective system. However, um, you know, a big, powerful man telling me not to trust it makes me a little nervous. And, um, you know, right now I'm living in California, so I'm waiting for my ballot to get here and I will have to send it in. And it's just this election that we're going into, like we have a president that is not really like taking mail-in, like, like mail-in ballots seriously. So that makes me really nervous. Um, there's just kind of a lot riding on this election, like I said before, and I just want to make sure my vote is counted. Yeah, well, I think I think that's the big misconception because unfortunately I've looked into it because I was a little bit nervous. But uh, when you look into it, he, the big man uh, is saying that he's more nervous about the like mail-in, like if you just got it in the mail randomly, but since you requested, I think I, last time I checked, he was fine with that, but who knows, things change every day. Yeah, I'm in the same boat for uh, mail-in from home stuff. Um, I'm looking forward to it a lot. I think that a lot of things have been sensationalized, like the whole thing about like the mail-in ballots being a being a quote-unquote dangerous thing. It's like, well, if it's safe enough, like as like recently, I had to order a new birth certificate because I lost my birth certificate. Uh, I, I moved a lot not too long ago, and I lost it. I don't know; it's probably in my box, but I don't. But I haven't been able to find it. So, if it's safe enough to mail my birth certificate that verifies that I exist as a U.S. citizen and that I was born, uh, you know, aside from the fact that I'm currently alive and speaking, if, I, if that was a valid enough method to both send both my tax return, my tax paperwork, my birth certificate, my social security card, my driver's license, all of these things, why is it not, why is it deemed unsafe for this one? It's, it's really weird. A lot of people have made a lot of very... I don't want to say sensationalized because, I mean, when you're really thinking about what's going on right now, isn't the craziest thing to ever happen? Uh, but it's definitely opened up a lot of people's eyes. And in doing this has caused a lot of people to be more aware. And with a lot of aware people, that's great. Now comes the moment for action. So for me, I guess I have a little bit more of a, uh, a different source of my anxieties. Um, for like a long time, like a big... Uh, kind of source uh, or big causer of me having like uh, anxiety attacks or whatever has been uh, like climate change, stuff like that. And it it's always this like impending doom feeling for me at least. And I know that's like a big uh, symptoms or of like a anxiety disorder is having this feeling of impending doom. Um, <laughs> I get this a lot with climate change issues though. And I feel like, um, like, regardless, whatever your political views are, that's fine. I just feel like um, this current one, they haven't really done anything to help our situation. 
And so we don't have a lot of time left, at least from all of the things I've seen. And like, if nothing gets done, we will see consequences in our lifetime. And that scares the shit out of me. Yeah, that's my biggest uh, source of anxiety there. If I can respond to Riley, I totally get it. Um, you know, politics aside, this upcoming election, like we are voting on a lot of really critical issues. We're voting on issues that affect climate change. We're folk, like we're voting on women's rights and LGBTQ rights. And it's really scary to think that things could change. And I don't know, there is a big feeling of impending doom. And right now our country is in a really critical point. And um, like kind of exactly like Riley said, like if we don't make changes now, they will be irreversible in the future, which is of course a horrible feeling. However, um, you know, it makes me feel good to know that we're doing our part in voting and making sure our voices are heard. I, th I think a big stressor for me is the ease of misinformation that can get out. So like in the first debate, I saw a lot of things where unlike some, like some people I knew, I'd studied both sides because I don't want to go in there looking too dumb. So like on both sides, I'm just like, that's not true. That's not true. Let's be real here. And it's just like, that easy it's like how many people are gonna fall for something like someone says it's like it's real easy to whisper sweet nothings into your ear and believe it you know and there's also that fear of like the actuality that's gonna happen so like they could say they're gonna do x but they might do y or they can say they're gonna do x and be like well i didn't get it my first time maybe i can get it the second or the yeah, that's a that's a very good point. And I think that's kind of like one of the smartest ways to go about this is you got to you got to you can't really like it's fine to pick a side, but you have to be well researched. You can't just kind of lazily follow one side. You have to be able to look at both because they're both just telling you what you want to hear. So mm -hmm. you have to be able to like figure out what is real and what is just them talking out of their ass. Do you guys have like a voting plan? I know there's a really big trend about, you know, it's like this is like we're in the voting season right now because, you know, we have to go and plan our vote. So what what is your guys' um, voting plan? Well, what my voting plan is, is I am, uh, my grandma is picking me up early in the morning and uh, she and I are going to the uh, town hall or wherever they're voting together and we're going to go vote together because I haven't done it before. And she's done it many times. And so we're just going to go and share that experience. It's going to be great. It's going to be a fun time. I love that for you and your grandma. I, I hope I hope you both wear you guys' masks, sanitize. I hope she that does. All the things. So my plan for voting, I guess, if that's what we're doing for our voting plan is, um, while yes, I do live in an undisclosed location that's very close to a voting poll location, yeah, uh, as much as tempting as an offer that is, I'm also like, plus that means I still get to use that as a way to take the day off from work, so that's nice. Uh, regardless, I can still go, yep, I'm done, and leave an hour early to go vote from home. Uh, plus, like, I don't know, it's, it's a big risk factor for me, primarily because at my job, there's a lot of older people, uh, a lot of the elders at my job, are in their 40s, 50s, 60s. They're older. They're very much older than me. As well as there's also already kids there, and I just don't want to risk 
run the risk of any more unnecessary potential transmission of. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that this um, election season this year, we really have to plan our votes more than ever. Because, um, I mean, I know in other states that um, like their voting laws aren't as lenient. So this is kind of a kind of a follow up question. But how has the pandemic affected your voting plan? I guess the pandemic hasn't really changed um, how I'm voting because I mean I'm not home either way, but I think the pandemic has shifted what um, uh, issues that I'm paying attention to and um, obviously like I'm really concerned about COVID in our country and like the state of our world and I think that um, the pandemic has mostly kind of changed like what I value in a politician uh i don't suppose it's changed much i mean aside from doing the whole you know vote by mail deal nothing really has changed i mean it has definitely affected things i'm paying attention to by a lot because i do try my best to keep up with you know the bills and what acts they're trying to pass and what's going on but you know there's always so much going on that you know it's kind of hard to keep track of all of them but it definitely has highlighted uh, the past six months have definitely highlighted some very notable shortcomings that have we've been having in our systems, as well as things that we can do to make them better. So I'm really happy we're not only pointing out flaws in our country, but more importantly, we're not we're focusing on what can we do to correct these things. And so I hope that we all make the decisions that we find best for our communities. How have you guys been getting your information on like candidates or like ballot measures or even like in local elections? How have you guys been getting your information? I mean, me personally, uh, I know based off past experiences of which news sources are rooting for who, even if they don't specifically say it. So I typically go on both sides. Like you can't see it, but I'm doing air quotes, like news sources. And I kind of just like weirdly cross-reference. So I look for like similarities and I was like, oh, that's what's happening because that's just how I've been getting. And, and at, at the same time, you can get a good look at how both sides are looking at a certain situation. That is how my grandma does it. Um, and that's how I'm trying to do it. But uh, I'm lazy. And so I've just been watching the debates. I haven't really been keeping up on actual news, which is probably not the best, I'll admit. Um, I've been watching the debates. I've been reading the news. Um, I get a lot of news, like, in my Twitter feed and stuff. And, um, like, you know, the problem with that, though, is that you just kind of have to be um, weary of what news you trust on social media. But, um, yeah, I get a lot of stuff from what I see in my feed, but then also just paying attention on what's going on in our world. I try my best to limit the social media intake on a lot of laws just because, like, they always, not always, because it's a really bad generalized statement, but um, oftentimes there's very one-sidedness, or I hear about them from people that are, like, very much trying to project this very specific idea. So I, uh, I use the Google, good old-fashioned Google, and I just Google stuff. And, you know, I, I, just, cro I just Google and cross-reference stuff until I get to enough information to go, hmm, I think I have enough information here to have an opinion on this. And, you know, then, you know, I try to talk to people about it. And hopefully I come to a conclusion that is at least remotely structured. 
I found it easy uh, since I know a lot of people kind of on both sides, just kind of going to them and be like, hey, what's your opinion on X topic? And they'll usually tell me, they'll usually either tell me or yell at me, but <laughs> regardless, it's weird how much info you'll get from someone just talking about it, either if they are educated or if they aren't. I know a lot of you guys have mentioned what information you're getting for presidential elections, but do you know how to look up stuff for local elections? Like there's a lot of judges in Alaska that are um, being up for re-election. I know there's a couple um, U.S. representative seats, the senator. Um, how do you guys get that information? Or even ballot measures? I know um, I know there's something, honestly, probably bad, but I also like there's a lot of like ballot measure one stuff, ballot measure two stuff. So have you guys been getting information about that? Normally when I get my ballot, I sit down and take the time to um, look up each individual ballot measure and then the people on the ballot. Um, and I know there's a lot of really great websites that will um, kind of like debunk all those things for you. But I also um, follow a lot of local politicians because I think local politics is just as um, important as um, uh, national politics, but yeah. Man, I wish I, I really got to start doing research, man. I, I'm looking like a fool over here. Um, I, I mean, I get ads for things and I've, I have for the local stuff cause that stuff is really important even I mean, even more so than even like the bigger ones, because they're the ones that are standing up for you. I mean, I have looked up some of the, that stuff, like uh, what the ballot measures are and stuff like that. I wish I knew a whole lot about what they were. I knew like basic level of what it is, but I got to look into it way more. How do I get my information? You know, like I said, uh, I Google a lot of things. I Google stuff I know just to make sure that I'm still in the right or still in the no. Because, you know, facts change over time, uh, uh, you know. Um, when it comes to local stuff, I not only do I Google stuff, I also go to the government websites to, to you know, look into them. As well as not to mention, uh, when it comes to anything about, like, changing local laws, like, i.e., I, um, anything, like, recently there's the one about the, you know, the conversion camps. Uh, you know, I did a lot of Googling about that one to make sure, like, like ah, by conversion camps, what are they talking about? And I realized, oh, oh, that's what this is. Yeah, no, I'm not here for it. Get rid of that. That shouldn't you shouldn't be allowed to do that. But also, like when it comes to other matters, like the day to day things, like things related to taxes, passing laws, um, those are things I typically try my best to actually go to my family members for because they've been alive just a bit longer than I have, you know, for quite some time. Uh, so I try to like talk to them about it, see what their experiences have been. What things have the has our state done in the past locally to what things have we done to try to do more right by certain things? And so it's just so I can like properly factor in like, are we really doing the right thing here? Or are we just like running a circle around this issue as opposed to focusing on it from a different perspective? Cause I mean it's very easy. Like we've done a lot of roundabouting in a lot of ways. So what you know, trying to find ways that we can do things productively is very important because otherwise, you know, we get that, uh, that doom, that doom factor that Riley was talking about earlier that just kind of like happens, you know, when you, when you start overanalyzing it, uh, you know, it's, it becomes impossible to tell the trees from the forest. I don't really get information as much as I just encounter it randomly. At least half the time I will try to look up any sort of validation that any, anything I find might have 
or might not have. Sometimes, depending on the level of urgency or certain other factors, it might. I might have to look it up regardless of my interest. I don't want to look up things that affect entire populations in a self-centered manner. I don't want to just look things up that affect me. I want to be. I want to be selfless with that. Now that we've talked about like um, candidates for president or for senators for U.S. senators, what do you personally look for in like a um, or any elected office really? What do you look for in a um, in a candidate, either local or presidential? I mean, I I typically look for like their policy, like oh, what are they gonna? What's their plan? I'm in, I'm more of a what are they gonna do here than maybe the foreign policy. I do look at it, but I'm just like, I'm more concerned with what they're going to do to like me and my family and my friends rather than what they're going to, what their plan is to do like somewhere else. It is still a factor, but uh, typically what I look for is their policy. And if I find it either beneficial to me and my family and friends, or if I find it plausible, like, like I said, like I said earlier, it's really easy for some to be like, Hey, I'm going to do this for y'all. It's like, Ooh, are you, or are you just saying that? So I'll vote for you. I know it's really, um, a policy is also definitely really important to me. Um, I'm still registered to vote in Alaska, even though I'm not living there. It's really important to me that I'm voting to make sure that um, like people that I love that are still living there are taken care of. And also um, to make sure that I'm supporting candidates that um, fight for issues that are important to me, like we were talking about earlier. Um, and, you know, um, we're kind of living in a really polarized country right now. And something that is really important to me is to continue to fight for women's rights and LGBTQ rights and trans rights and other issues that um, sometimes are put on the back burner by um, others. I actually, for this specific question, I don't know if um, m me being a very first time voter is really as important as you guys who have at least some experience and know for the most part what you're doing. I just was looking up like what their beliefs were on specific topics and I kind of figured out what side I align more with and then I kind of just like studied them a little bit and kind of picked my favorites and then they were knocked out. And then I was like, okay, I'm left with this guy. I try my best because unfortunately, uh, you know, there's all of these, you know, you can look it up. There's dozens upon dozens of quotes and cited sources on all representatives and things I've said before, and it's all recorded. Uh, you know, and currently, you know, with the, the current one, you know, we have a lot of things of him saying things as well as, however, that doesn't say, I think, um, the alternatives any better. I'm very heavily believing in the idea that there's a difference between, you have to separate the person in office from what they are out of office. So I guess all in all, what I'm trying to get here is when I think of what I search for in a candidate or in a politician is the same thing as I look for whenever I meet a person. What can you realistically deliver for me? Because there's all these hyped up dreams and wants and change that they project, but ultimately the results are always subpar of, for the most part, subpar of what they projected. And while I know projected outcomes are different from real outcomes, 
I try to keep my bar, you know, a lot of people try to be like, oh, I should have high standards, high standards. Now, I have a very realistic bar for most people. Try and maintain a civil level of things while at the same time not trying to project a state of status quo. And all in all, what I'm looking for is just straightforwardness because I don't like the way we try to run everything. No, like this election is very important. However, we've been saying this is the most important election ever for every election. You know, it's kind of like every pizza shop says best pizza in the world. You know, it, but it's like, like, um, if every election is so important, how come we're still having the same issues? Either A, we're roundabouting, or B, we're making decisions that are, that are preventing any actual functional change, uh, which is why I'm very strong in believing that, like, when voting for representatives, judges, council members, anything, it should be diversified. It shouldn't be all one party, because the only thing worse than the two-party system is the one-party system. Because then it just creates the status of the status quo of nothing really getting adjusted, and then people go, "Oh, but they had the office the whole time." Yeah, well, it's not just them in office; it's this whole system that we need to have balanced out. Otherwise, it doesn't really lead to anything functional. Does a candidate's personality affect your decision to vote for them? I think a big problem we had in our last election is that it really came down to a personality race. And um, yeah, of course, um, of course, being a good person is very important. Um, but, um, you know, morality wise, it's really hard to, um, it's just really hard to say during this time. But I guess um, when we're voting this November, all we can really do is um, really vote for the person we think will make the best change in our country and in our um, communities. But yeah, I mean, I suppose it is important to um, to vote for good people. But um, I don't know, I would really hope that um, a politician would fight for good things. I want someone who will like genuinely think about everyone in the country, not just not just these specific people, not just those specific people, but just consider everyone and just think of us not as like a class system, but just more as human beings. I think that that's something that's really taken away from a lot of, not even just politicians, but just from people that I think we've lost our humanity and we've lost like our like, oh, that's my neighbor, that's my brother, that's my sister. Um, so I think that we just kind of need, and again, as Quinn said earlier, that like, we're a very polarized country right now. And I think that's really unfortunate that it's come to that, that we are just so polarized. And when someone says, oh, I'm voting for this person, like you automatically hate them or, oh, I'm voting for this person. And then you like automatically love them and like trust them with your life. I think that that's, a, I think that that's just really irresponsible. And I think that's really, again, unfortunate that that's come to that. So when I'm looking for a candidate, when I'm looking for an elected official, I'm looking for someone who will think about everyone in their community and think about everyone in the country. And with regards to candidates' personality, I think we all know the popular analogy that is comparing a person's personality to a tree, which has lots of branches. You see one one day, you see the other the next day. Likewise, I find a politician's personality to be much more of a stump. You only see one thing publicly, but privately, whether from reports that are leaked or from people that write autobiographies, or from anyone in general, 
you see some things that are much different. You see many different personalities, but when it comes to politicians, the security is increased. The veil is much more easier to maintain than a, an average citizen's veil, shall we say. A politician is much more able to hide any personality that isn't the norm of their candidacy or their um, talking compared to, I don't know, a person. It's, it's a complicated thing, but I guess I would just look for the same thing Ryan was looking for. I would look for anyone that isn't two-faced in that sense, even if it would be a very difficult thing to do, considering that that's the case with uh, a lot of people, politics or not. You just have to measure at this point which one is the lesser of two evils anywhere not just here anywhere i thought that we could end this um and this kind of on a light note as much as this can be but what is your guys's favorite ad campaigns there's been a lot of like local like ad campaigns that i think are really funny and i just really wanted to talk about some of them oh i can actually talk about this topic i guess um i am so confused I'm sorry. What is a bear doctor? <laughs> what is it? Tell me, please. I've looked it up. I don't know why he says he's a bear doctor. I knew I wasn't the only one. Why would you start an ad? Why would you start an ad for representation by saying that you killed a bear? Yeah, and then say you're a bear doctor. What? What, what is a bear doctor? You, we don't you're not kill a... bears. That's common sense. <laughs> oh and then his his okay this was the other thing the first time i heard about him it was on the radio and it was one of his ads and it was this like guy with a deep voice like being like and he bought his first fishing boat at age 14 and i was like oh is this uh one of those um most interesting man on earth beer commercials i was like these are great and it goes on and then it was like just a politician i'm like hold on Cause like in the ad, he was like, and he once killed a bear when it snuck up on him in the woods. I'm like, oh, well, I don't know who you are, dude, but that's yeah. great. Yeah, I don't know why they like said that like he like killed a bear. Cause I think the first time that I saw that, I was like, why would you kill a bear? <laughs> but I guess like they wanted him to like seem like more manly. So it's like, I killed a bear. I killed a bear with my bare hands. He's got a the Alaskan wild man's, so. Exactly. So clearly I'm not the only one who's gotten this a lot of times, so I'm assuming I'm also not the only one who's fallen victim to when YouTube doesn't know what ads to give you, so they just <laughs> give you the same one over and over again. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, I have that. Al Gross and Dan Sullivan and Mark Begich ad so much that it sounds like a broken record. Yeah, I have I have that he's killed a bear commercial ingrained in my head, probably. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It's stuck in my head. I it's all I hear at night. I'm fighting against poverty. That I'll repeat. He's killed um, <laughs> It's the uh yeah, the Al Gross one. Uh I got it like I got it on a ten, on like a ten second video. And I was like, this ad's longer than the video. Why why? <laughs> It's starting to remind me of like 2016 YouTube era where you'd get like 15 ads in a 10 minute video. And like, it hurts. I mean, it still happens, but then you get 30 because it's two to three ads per video now. So you get that. And then 
when you're in incognito YouTube, you get uh, notices for YouTube or for general ads to skip that you don't just have to sit through. You have to move your mouse and click a button to get to the video. Well, um, that's really all the questions that I had. Um, does anyone else want to add anything? Any final thoughts? Stresses about voting? Anything? Uh, yeah, I, I, I asked someone I want to add. Um, I think it's very important for everyone to keep an eye out and to avoid any sensitization sense, and like hyping up of either side because that it, that's all it is, it's sensation. You know, they're just trying to hype things up and create, uh, you know, a bunch of smoke and mirrors, check your sources, look things up. Like the whole time, uh, I've been looking down a lot. Uh, it's because I've been looking at that thing I brought up about the whole, you know, the libertarian thing. Uh, I just started Googling it. Yeah, uh, yeah, they did. They applied for like 31 of the positions uh, in Congress, and uh, they got a large majority of the ones they did. And then, then, then you know, nothing really came of it for the most part, except for a handful of things, some changes to the post office. That right there. Luckily, and I know a lot of people don't like it, um, it's, as, it's, as, it's as real as the news you're going to get from the news. And more importantly, it's in your hands and it's your duty to, you know, not only fact check the people you're electing, but to fact check yourself. Because if you're not actively doing that, you too will end up creating that status quo that you will then be on the streets talking about, I don't like. So it's very important to not only check what you're hearing, check what you're being told, but check what you are telling when you're going out there it's very good i'm happy some people are eager to vote uh i really wish it was under better conditions and it didn't take all of this to happen but hey we're here now we're figuring it out yeah i just want to add i know this whole kind of topic is like the theories of voting and such but i would say just don't i know it's easier said than done but just vote with confidence don't get scared because i feel like that's kind of both of the of the sides like goal is to scare people into voting for them because like I said you go look at any of them they're like if you don't vote for me then everything you know will crumble if you don't vote if you vote this guy out we'll be fine blah 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 uh so that's kind of their goal is to scare you but at the same time be prepared in case you lose so like I see a lot of people who are just like well how could they do this if if they win it's like well because they won I mean we don't Odds are, if the person you don't agree with wins, they're going to do things you don't agree with. And I feel like a lot of people are kind of forgetting that side of the coin. It's like, I made a joke way back then. And I was like, I can't wait to see in the news cycle, one political party does something and the other side is real mad about it. Remember, vote with confidence. Go actually vote. Don't just be like, oh, I'm not going to vote, but I'm going to complain like I did. Uh, and just be prepared that there is a chance for either side to lose. And be prepared to essentially live in that world where, hey, it's probably going to be more this side than the other. That was a really good answer, Danny. And I think that's, that's also something that we all have to have to think about, or not think about, but yeah, like think about that, like, we do have to live like in one of those scenarios, like one of those opponents' worlds, so. Well, if anyone doesn't have anything else to say about the stresses of voting or just about voting in general, I think that, um, that this, this has gone very successful. I definitely learned a lot, feel a lot better um, about voting. Um, I know a lot of people are just kind of scared and confused, but um, yeah, this just made me feel better. Thank you guys so much for joining me on this roundtable adventure.
and um, and stay safe out there. That was APNE producers Riley Taylor, Ormond Lois, Cornelius Nelson, Quinn White, Ryan Danigold, and Tuan Graziano from YouthVote. You've been listening to Zoom Room, a production of Alaska Teen Media Institute. Our show's theme music was composed by Kendrick Whiteman. Alaska Teen Media Institute is based in Anchorage, Alaska. We want to acknowledge the Denina people whose land we work on. Many thanks to our supporters of our podcast, including the Anchorage Museum at Rasmussen Center, United Way of Anchorage, the Alaska Humanities Forum, and the National Endowment for the Humanities. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent the views of the National Endowment for the Humanities or other sponsors. Thanks to our listeners who contribute to our programs and help us leverage additional funds and grants. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Anchorage and help keep our podcasts going, you can donate to our organization by going to alaskateenmedia.org and clicking Donate. Also on our website, you can learn more about what our organization does, listen to past episodes of our podcast, or find out how you can get involved. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Daisy Carter. Thanks for listening.